Welcome to Coffee Talk with Liquid Shano 1973, an inspirational podcast about the ups and downs of life and everything in between. Here's your host, Shane Lakita. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Coffee Talk with Liquid Shano. I'm here with you today, just getting through doing the things that I have to do to be able to live life to the fullest or the fullest that I can and continue to push things forward. You know, it's interesting to me on how we're all in this journey together, trying to accomplish things, trying to be able to go for goals, trying to go for aspirations, trying to go for all this stuff. And really the one big thing that we all have in common with each other is how much we have to overcome to get to where we have to get to. So whether they're obstacles that life sends your way, or whether they're just overall obstacles that you have to overcome, beat down, break through, and try to be able to continue to push things forward because we're in this space where we're trying to be able to achieve great things, but it's really difficult to achieve them at times because there's so many things that just are are like barriers for us and to get to where we have to get to, that blocks our success and relentlessly comes after us with different stuff. So I'm gonna share a little bit of uh, some some pretty heartfelt personal story here with, uh, with this podcast. So uh, hopefully you bear with me. As you all know, I use this podcast a lot for therapy. I use it for therapeutic purposes where I can sit down and have a conversation, whether it's with myself and this microphone, and then knowing that there's other individuals that are out there. And as many of you know, I'm a big, big, humongous advocate for mental health and making sure that we are going out and getting the help that's necessary to get. Now, let me uh, let me go through the scenario here, okay? So, Basically, as we're all trying to get through things, as we're all trying to be able to accomplish things and go, you know, just achieve goals and go after things, whether it's losing weight, whether it's the financial aspect of things, whether we wanted to get a, a better job or, or move our way up in a company or start your own business or whatever it is, you know, we always have this pa- this plan in place that we can go ahead and make things happen. We, we have this perfect euphoria state that we have that basically goes from point A to point B. This is how I have to get there and do the things that I have to do that are necessary for me to achieve the goal and be able to get to the finish line and go do the things that I have to do. Now, most of the time, that's so much easier said than done, right? I mean, we, we're in this space where we're just trying to fight. We're just trying to claw. We're just trying to be able to push one foot in front of the other for us to be able to get there. But on the same token, if we have a goal or we have something that we're excited about or something that we're passionate about, one of the things that's really important is is that we have to make sure that all those contingency plans are ready and in place or you have an outlet for you to be able to go to. Now, Many of you know that the month of May coming up here is Mental Health Month, and there's a lot of different things that uh, that come into play with 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 this month, and just overall taking a look at the at the journey that we've all been on and how difficult it is right now. So let, let's paint the picture real quick, okay? So what 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 are you what are we now about two and a half years into a pandemic where? People have been masked. People have lost their lives. People have gone through this this area of illnesses and autoimmunes and all this different stuff and and vaccinations and all this political landscape and all this different stuff that we've got going on. 
for the last two and a half years, where no matter what side of the aisle you step on, the fact of the matter is, is we're still trying to live our lives and continue to move things forward. And when you have all these things that are going on around you, and, and I mean, let's, let, let's list that out. I mean, when you look at the whole entire grand scheme of things, right? You've got things like political landscape that causes people to divide, to fight, to come after each other, to storm capitals, to... Uh, riot on the streets and whatever else. You got this political divide. Then you've got this economic divide now where the recession is soon to come and and skyrocketing prices are going way up and uh, inflation is picking up and all this different stuff and, and, and pay scales aren't necessarily following the same suit, right? So you get the stresses of finances, you get the stresses of politics, you get the stresses of all this stuff. Then you got trying to get into school, into environments for kids that are trying to go back and and try to act, reacclimate themselves with their with their peers after they've been out on on remote learning for such a period of time, or even workers workers that are working from home that are sitting that have been used to being able to be around with the cat and the dog and whatever else, and and next thing you know, now they got to go back into an office setting where they're going to be around the confines and close quarters with a lot of other people where we've been so patterned and trained to stay away from that scenario and that situation that, you know, it can be really stressful. So this is just a couple of the scenarios, right? I mean, you got a war going on in Ukraine. You got all this other stuff going on. You know, the world is, is, is warming every day by day, right? You've got all these politics, all this other stuff going on. And at the end of the day, at the end of the day, it can be really, really super stressful on any individual, no matter what side of the aisle you fall on. And so we're sitting here trying to be able to just do our best and try to be able to just get through life and do the things that we have to do and achieve our goals and try to go after our things. But the mental health side of it falls to the wayside because we're just grinding and keeping on going down the road of trying to be able to fight the good fight. And we get caught up in arguments. We get caught up in all this different stuff that we got to be able to deal with. And all, all, like left and right, we've got all this stuff that we have to battle through. So the scenario really in my situation, one of the reasons why I haven't been podcasting as much as I'd like to um, or social media aspect of it is, you know, the mental health aspect affects the family. It affects the people all around you. It affects yourself it affects uh, just every everybody in general it really affects a lot of people especially if you are struggling with mental health and 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 the thing about it is that i always believed in and i always sit back and have the conversation with a lot of people with the fact that you have to get the help that you need to be able to continue to move things forward but that's not it's it's, it's easier said than done isn't it you know, for a lot of people, it's not even the macho aspect of a guy that doesn't want to be able to go in and say, oh, nothing's wrong. I'll just rub some dirt on it. Or a female that's been brought up in a way that says you're tough as nails. Let's keep things moving forward. You're fine. And all those things. When we have resources at our disposal to be able to get help that's necessary. Now, some people are. And there are a lot of people that are actually taking advantage of it. As a matter of fact, a lot of the local therapists and a lot of the different people that that actually have practices that are helping people are book solid for months and months and months because people feel it. People feel the pain. People feel the stress. People feel the upside down feeling, the empty feeling, that, that uh, empty pit in your stomach about knowing that there's something wrong and knowing that you're not feeling right or knowing that you're really struggling with some stuff when it comes down to anxiety and depression and, and, and other avenues or whatever else, the brain is a really complicated place. It's a really complicated, many windings, many different little 
synapses trying to talk to each other and different parts of your brain trying to do different functions and whatever else. And at the end of the day, a lot of us are already broken. And then this just kind of catapulted that and brought that to the forefront of being broken, of being edgy and everything else. So, you know, we, we had, we had this situation in, in our, in my, in my household where you know that I'm a huge advocate about, you know, mental health and going to get the help and going to therapy and all those good things. And we surface level had done it with our son. He's a teenager, right? Teenagers go through the teenager stuff and teenagers battle every single day with all the different demons that they got going on in their head, whether it's through self-image, whether it's through popularity, whether it's through cliques and groups, whether it's through sports, whether it's through what are you going to do with your life and how are you, what are you going to set yourself up with? Are you going to go to college? Are you going to go in the military? A lot of pressure. Everybody's on top of you. You're feeling all of these different pressures. And if you are in a space as a teenager where you not only have all those pressures, but now you've got all this other stuff that goes on, all the social bullying and all the social media stuff and all the different avenues where you, you've got stuff in your face all the time that, that, that could be detrimental towards the mental health. All these things are like a powder keg waiting to happen. And one of the things that I, if you remember correctly back in the podcast, when we first started this pandemic, I, I legitimately on the podcast said, I think we're going to have to take a look at a couple different avenues, right? One of the things that we're going to have to take a look at is one, our frontline re responders, right? The people, first responders, the medical facilities, the ambulance drivers, all the people that dealt with so many sick individuals and so many people that were passed without family around and you were the only source that they had at their disposal, all these different things. It's one of the avenues that I feel like even though they're tough as nails and they're, they're great at what they do, but there's definitely going to have to be something we can, we're going to have to put in place to be able to take away some of that PTSD side of it and really work on the mental health side of it, right? Second part is kids. Kids that go to school every single day, they go to sports, they go to outings, they go to whatever, and then all of a sudden they're in remote learning and they've got to learn from their from their bedrooms and from their desks at home, and so then they have to get used to that aspect of it, and the, and, and and now they have to go back to school and they have to acclimate and reacclimate and be able to do it, all the social classes, all the bullying, and the kids are meaner, and the kids are tougher, and they're literally like everything that they've learned or done or anything else is online, and everything online is toxic, you know, for the most part that these kids are searching around on and taking a look at all these different things are going on with this powder keg of a situation where we definitely are going to have to take a look at our kids and keep things moving forward. My kid is no uh, exception to this rule. He suffers from uh, uh, depression and anxiety, and then he also has ADHD. So we've got like this, this perfect scenario of things where the ADHD takes away or, 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 you know, when a normal person, like a, a person that doesn't have a disability or doesn't have anything going on, you know, that's wrong can normally decipher between situations or if a situation comes around, they can look at something and, and know that this may be wrong if I do it this way, or it may be right this way. But a lot of folks with ADHD will automatically impulsively respond to something very quickly and loudly and they clap back or they respond poorly to situations because that's all that they know and they don't have a filter that's on there. They don't have something that's going to be able to do or they shut down and they can't formulate words or they can't do different things. Many different forms of ADHD yet at the same time is a disability and it's something that we have to take into consideration when we are 
looking at other individuals or working through, right? So my son, who has all three of those cocktails all together, and then on top of that, there's a social aspect of being a uh, in, in high school. There's a social aspect of trying to be able to put one foot in front of the other, trying to be a, a good citizen, yet not having the buffer to be able to understand truly what's right and wrong, especially when people push his buttons or people come after him, right? Normal natural reaction would be that you want to fight back on somebody that may say something about you or your family or whatever else or get mean or, or get physical and those kind of things. So you fight back, right? I mean, that's your normal natural reaction a lot of times. And with ADHD and other things that go on, it, it exacerbates it. It gets bigger and it's it's louder and it's it's wilder, right? And, and so this causes them to get in trouble and they, and, and there are things like suspensions and things like, you know, different programs you have to put you know, your child on and different stuff. And we've worked through so many meetings and so much stuff with our, for our, for our son to be able to set him up for success. Yet at the same time, external factors like other kids and peers and some teachers and different stuff and faculty or administration that literally let your kid fall through the wayside or through the cracks because they don't have the ability or the the wherewithal to be able to take care of and help the, a kid that's going through as much as what this kid might be going through because they, don't, they, they haven't been trained in those aspects. It's not really their job. Yet on the same token, you send your kid to school to be safe you send your kid to school to be in an environment that's going to be protected that they can go you know feel like they can learn they can grow they can do all these different things but in a lot of cases this doesn't happen and and these kids fall through the cracks right so as as you all know like I said earlier I'm a big advocate for being able to sit down and go through uh, you know therapy or those kind of things and so we've been through a lot in these last maybe two to three months, more specifically, have been some of the most difficult times. And so we've had multiple therapy sessions where we've sat down with therapists and really kind of talked things through. And we've we've got a new some new medicines that he's on and, and things like that. And really trying to just line things up because he's such a good kid, but it's just the the noise of it all gets in the way. Now, here's my kid going through all this stuff, and I'm a huge advocate for mental health and trying to be able to do so. And, and we're trying to be able to push through. And at times he may want to go to therapy or may want to be able to do those kind of things. And at times he doesn't, I know that he wants to find out what's wrong with me, right? When you, when you're in a space where you feel like you can't think the way that you need to, or the way that other people do, you don't, you don't process through things the same way. You see things differently, scary at times and dark at times, but you see things differently than other people do. So then you start to think that you're crazy or you think that you're upside down or you think that you are in this space where you're all alone although you have a family that loves you and supports you but you still feel all alone and 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 quite frankly as I've talked to many people with ADHD or different things that go on or things that they've gotten you know through the pandemic and 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 increased on their anxiety and depression one of the things is is you can't formulate your words properly you know, you can't describe to somebody that doesn't get it or doesn't understand the things that you're going through, the way that you think, the way that you feel, because if you really start to uncover that, then people will look at you like, oh my goodness, man, you're, you're out of your mind or what's going on with you or why are you the way that you are and you should, you should go get help or whatever. And so then you feel even more isolated and more alone. And as a teenager in the teenage world, that can become very, very deafening, right? That, that silence and that quiet and, that, and, and you being shunned or being 
you know, cast off based on the fact that you're not normal compared to them or you're not what they consider to be a normal individual. Instead, you're this this crazy person that's doing crazy things um, for whatever reason. And so it's a, it's a really mean place and it's evil. And to be quite honest with you, let's just be honest here. It, it isn't just school that, that, that could be mean. This is society in general. I mean, everybody's throwing jabs at each other. Everybody's fighting with each other. Everybody's coming after each other. You cut people down because of now, I mean, more recently in the news, because of your sexuality or your orientation or your color of your skin or whatever else, everybody's fighting with everybody. Everybody's coming after each other, left and right. You got your radical right uh, Christians that are going crazy. Then you got your radical left people that are that are out there making it uh, a political agenda and whatever else that goes on. Instead of being right in the middle of trying to be a human race and supporting each other and being able to show some love and, and adoration and, and some kindness to each other, instead we want to cut each other down. We want to come after each other, left and right. So it's not just in school. It's just hugely magnified when it's in school and it's your child. You could see it a mile away when you know that your child may not have the capability of being able to process through things or have conversations or be able to walk things through, yet other people take advantage of that or let that go off to the wayside and just blame it on the fact that he's a, he's, he's a wild kid that, that doesn't have his head on straight. So they, they want to let that kid go through the, 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 the cracks. They want to let him fall right through. And what's sad to me is that's the society that we live in. The society we live in is, you know, what what I don't see and what I don't, I'm just going to turn my head and walk away from the other direction, or we're going to fight about it. I'm going to come after each other with it instead of loving each other and showing each other kindness and showing each other compassion and being able to walk through. Maybe I don't know what you're going through. Maybe I don't know the scenario that you're involved with. Maybe I don't know and I can't understand why you go through the things the way that you do or you respond the way that you do or you lash out at people or those kind of things because I don't have the, the ability to be able to know what this person's going through. Always remember there's another story on the end of that, of that conversation. There's another story behind that person that you're having a conversation with that you may be judging or looking at a different way, right? Even those radical rights and radical lefts at the end of the day, they're still human beings and they're still individuals. They may be lost up to whatever cause that's there. And there may be some mental health issues there too. But at the end of the day, why can't we just be kind to each other? Why can't we love each other? Why can't we get to a place where we actually support each other and lift each other up instead of judging people and taking a look at because of your orientation or what you defined as or whatever else? Even if I disagree with some of the stuff that, that's going on or if I disagree with your viewpoint, why can't I respect you because you're an individual that has views and ideas and things that you have on your own? Why can't I support you and lift you up and, and encourage you? That's really the space that we should be playing in. And why can't I be an advocate towards getting you the help that you need along with myself? I have a friend right now that called me up the other day and was I was talking to him about the situation with my son and really struggling through some some really dark times. And he and and he shared with me about two or three years ago, his son also went through some really dark times and really got into some really bad spots when it came to mental health and, and anxiety and depression and and all these things. And so they, they started going to some really, really heavy therapy and they did and they put him on some medication and they had some conversations and now he's flourishing and he's thriving. But one of the things that the dad realized was that he also needed to go get help. 
And when he went to the therapist and he sat down with them, he unpacked the fact that he also has anxiety and depression. And he also has ADHD. And he also has doesn't have the ability to be able to formulate certain words when he gets really worked up or nervous about certain things. But he just figured, I'm a dad that's going through a lot of stress, that's trying to work and you know support the family and do everything I got to do, knowing that I had anxiety and knowing that I might have had a little bit of depression. But that's okay. I'm going to truck through because I'm tough as nails. I'm going to do what I got to do. He said to me, Shane, that's the best decision I ever made in my whole entire life was to go get therapy for myself as well. So my son got therapy. We saw some really, really great strides in that direction. And then all of a sudden, I said, you know what? Maybe I also need to do the same. And he did, and he went to the therapist and found out that he also has ADHD and he also has anxiety and depression. And, he, and, and he's taken some meds, he's using a CPAP at night, and he said he's never felt better. So he, he, he pulled the trigger to go get the help that's necessary for his kid because he saw his kid going down a really dark road. And teenager years, with the amount of suicides and the amount of stuff that goes on, there, it's really important to have the conversation to really open up the dialogue, even if the dialogue is uncomfortable and awkward and it, it feels like, you know, it, it's it's the worst thing in the world and you want to be able to help somebody. But then when you have the conversation, it makes them uncomfortable and they want to shut down and they want to look at you and they want to snap at you. But you want to be supportive, but you also don't want to set them off. And you also don't, you know, all these things, all these things are emotions of parents and people that that live with or have family members that suffer from mental health or or suffer from uh, you know anxiety and depression. So that feeling is empty. And then you feel like you're alone and you're trying to fight through this and you're trying to help them and trying to get them the help they need. And then you're then you're also frustrated because you're like, why don't you want to accept the help? And why don't you want to embrace it and be able to push things forward? But you keep sliding back to the things that you do or the way that you respond, knowing, knowing wholeheartedly that this is going to take a long time to be able to get to where we have to get to. It's a long journey to be able to try to extrapolate and pull out some of those those strands that we got all bunged up in our heads to be able to help and be able to move things forward. Listen, mental health is an issue, folks. It's an issue. Whether it's ADHD or whether it's anxiety or it's depression or it's schizophrenia or bipolar or whatever it is, these things happen to regular, amazing people that are out there. And the help is there for you to be able to get to and the help is there for you to be able to utilize. But the problem is, is that we don't utilize it enough. And then we are ashamed when we start to utilize it. One good thing about my son, I'll tell you this much. He's an open book. And when he tells you about the things that 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 he's thinking when he's in these uh, manic states or he's in these areas of, of when he gets into really, really dark places or really stressed out or whatever, and he tells us about some of the things that he sees, it can be scary. It can be daunting for somebody that's stepping on the outside that goes, wow, I, I, why, I can't believe you feel that way or I can't believe this is where it's at. But it doesn't matter what you think. It matters what they think and where they're at right there. And there's there's a level of engagement and a level of you connecting with that individual to be able to converse with them and make them feel validated with the fact that this is how I'm feeling. I may not know why I feel this way. I may not know the reasons I wasn't brought up a certain way or I wasn't done a certain thing. I just feel this way and this is where I'm at with it. And when you can confirm that with them and validate the fact that, oh, okay, you know what? I, I may not understand it. I may not agree with it, but I respect you and I respect the fact that this is where you're at right now. 
I can make some recommendations. I can help out. I can, you know, I, I do whatever I can to be able to see if we can get you into therapy or at least to talk to somebody or a group or, or some sort of setting that's going to give you the ability to be able to actually talk the, 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 about these things with people that might understand you a whole lot more than me. One of the biggest things that I learned through the family therapy aspect of it is, is as my son is at the therapist and he's having a conversation with the therapist and my, my wife is right there with him and they're, they're talking as a three-way conversation because he's open to it, you know, with mom being right there, which is, which is interesting because a lot of kids won't want that. They don't want their parents around that, right? So my son is a little bit different on that aspect of it. But what we learned is, is there's a lot of dark stuff that goes on up there and we may not understand it, but again, there's validation, and we're having a conversation with somebody that's actually trained professional that can listen. It doesn't judge the, the individual. The therapist doesn't judge my son. The therapist listens, seeks to understand, wants to find out more, and then makes recommendations, whether it's through medicine or through more therapy or more things like that. And well, here's the amazing part. The amazing part is on the back end of it, knowing that we're struggling, knowing that we're in this whirlwind, knowing that we're in this hurricane of just emotions and and mental health and just trying to be able to put one foot in front of the other. So outside of all that, outside of all those things with the therapist and all the things that we're doing, the therapist still doesn't judge my son. It doesn't, he doesn't, she doesn't look at him any different than what she did. As a matter of fact, she's more agreeing with him to say, oh, wow, you know what? I can understand that. I've seen that before. I've heard that before. I also have my own mental issues. And when you can engage with somebody, relate to them and be able to move things forward, a person that suffers from mental health feels all alone because they don't know. They literally think they're on an island. They think that they're the only ones that are feeling this way. And when people look at them and judge them certain ways, then it even it makes it even more. It brings it more to light where you feel like you're just on this crazy world and you're just trying to be able to do the things you have to do and then you start to really truly believe some of the words that you might hear where you're crazy or you know you'd be better off dead or whatever else all these things that teenagers say you start to believe some of those words you start to put two and two together and go hey you know what maybe it's all true maybe i am psycho and maybe i am crazy and maybe I do, maybe I am better off dead. And then you start to like all these things. If you don't get the help that's necessary for you to be able to sit down and not saying that it's always the biggest thing, but I will tell you one of the biggest wins that we had was is just this week after the last therapy session, the doctor asked, let's make a schedule for the next one. And so my wife looks at my son and goes, all right, so if you're finding value in these, like what, um, how often do you want to go? And my wife was thinking every other week or whatever, something like that. He goes, right now, I think every week is good, you know, and I, which is great because he finds value in it. He may, he may not have at first. Maybe he didn't really feel comfortable sitting around talking about this kind of stuff with a stranger, but I think it's therapeutic in a way, whether they want to admit it or not. I think it's helpful in a way for us to sit down and have conversations and talk about those dark feelings or talk about the way we feel about certain things when we're sad or we're depressed or we're angry or we're pissed off and we just want you know all this stuff to happen. It's important to have an outlet to be able to sit down and have a conversation because it, it number one, validates it, but it also data dumps. It also gets some of that anxiety out and you can talk about it and just let it go. Almost like a good gym session or a good, a good yoga session or a good meditation session or whatever, right? At the end of the day, there are resources for us to be able to utilize to continue to move forward. Here's my call to action for everybody that's there. Watch your kids. Keep an eye on them. Keep an eye on them. I, I, I feel like in my heart of hearts that at times I feel I have a guilty conscience about the fact that I didn't see more earlier, right? But my son hit a lot of stuff, and he didn't really, you know, it, it, he did his thing, and 
there was a lot of uh, other things going on and, and, and different situations, but we're, we're involved now and we're, we're doing everything we have to do to be able to make sure that he's okay. As we, as we push forward and we, we take one step, one day at a time and one step at a time, I will be making new merchandise in my store that I'll be making a shirt for myself. It's going to say one day at a time, one day at a time, because at the end of the day, it can be so overwhelming when you try to take everything on at once that literally one day at a time might be the best mantra you can actually have because it's bite-sized chunks and you can actually, you know, battle through some of the stuff that you got going on. So if there's a call to action from this podcast, one, keep an eye on your kids, guys. Really dig in. Seek to understand. Don't just preach from the parent's perspective. Don't just go in, bark at your kids and say, here's where I'm at. This is the way it is. This is the way it's going to be. Go in there and seek to understand, even if the conversations and even if the things you're learning is dark and it's not that great and you, you're you uncomfortable with it or it's awkward with you, seek to understand for their own mental health. And then you can also help them as you move forward, setting them up with a good therapist or trying to be able to work through the different things you have to work through, seeking to understand rather than yell and scream and and, and cause chaos i open this podcast with the fact that our society is laden all around all this negativity all this yelling all this screaming with nobody actually talking so start here family members seek to understand ask questions to find out more even if it gets uncomfortable right dig in the second thing is get the help As you all know, there's a crisis hotline. All you got to do is go into Google and look up the suicide crisis hotline. You can call it from anywhere at any given time. If you're having dark thoughts or you're having dark things that are going on, it's an immediate reaction that you can have. I have it in my son's wallet to make sure that he's okay as as another source of, of strength, another source of him having the ability to be able to talk to somebody, to talk him off the ledge and those kind of things. Even if at that moment in time, I can't get to him or I can't do those kind of things. This is another resource. It's not weakness for you to be able to tuck that away in your wallet. It's not weakness for you to be able to do so. It's a reality because we struggle. And sometimes you just got to have somebody that knows what they're doing and can talk to you off, talk you off the ledge or talk to you in a way that's necessary. So the suicide hotline is important. Also, find a good therapist. And if one therapist doesn't work the way you want it to, go find another one. Even though they're all backed up right now, go find another one. And if the medicines aren't necessarily working where you need them to or, or it's not where it needs to be, have the conversation with your doctor. Dig in and, and, and do the right thing for yourself so that way you have not only the ability to help yourself but also others around you because mental health and mental illness affects everyone. It affects all of us in one form or fashion. We all are affected because we love our family members, we love our teammates, we love all the different people around us, and if we know somebody's struggling with something, it affects all of us because we wear it on our sleeve, and then I walk around here like a zombie in a daze because I don't know how to help, and I'm just trying to be able to do everything I can, and I feel like I'm, I'm doing my best, yet it can sometimes feel like you're failing, right? Because the mind is a, is a is a crazy place. So guys, here's the thing. Get the help you need. Keep an eye on things. Watch out for cues and triggers and those kind of things. And then also seek to understand when you're around individual that you want to be able to help or be able to move things forward. All right. Have a great day, everybody. We'll talk soon. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Please do us a favor and leave feedback and a five-star rating on whatever platform that you use.